0: Yes, welcome in friends. This is the latest edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago and with me of course as always is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score of the I'm Fat Podcast and a man whose one claim to fame in his life is that he once had a very awkward dinner date with Megan Fox. Jay, how did that go for you? Not well. (laughs) (laughs) She took one look and ran out. That, that that must have been a very awkward dinner date then. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. But you know what is great? Everything the
1: else. First place, air quotes, Chicago Blackhawks, who are now currently tied with the Florida Panthers with 26 points in the Discover Card Central Division. Please say it correctly. Now, if we look at the win percentage, which is what truly tells you we're there, No, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) The Hawks are in fourth place, which is still a playoff team, damn it. Yep. 11, 6, and 4 after taking uh, three of a possible four points. No, four of a possible four points from Columbus, and Columbus only gets one. (laughs) One measly little point, Ooh, Columbus. Well, you know what, dude? We're having fun here, and I think a lot of Hawks fans are having fun. So we're going to have fun on this podcast tonight. First and foremost, want to tell you how to get in touch with us. Madhousepod at gmail.com or on Twitter at MadhousePod. We are on uh, Instagram, Madhouse underscore pod. Search for us on Facebook. We're very easy to find. Uh, what else? Madhousepod.com is where everything Madhouse podcast lives including the opportunity to buy a signed copy of my book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks. I've got 15 copies left. So go to madhousepod.com slash book. If you'd like a personalized copy, I will sign. I will ship. It will be in your hands very, very soon. If you don't want to do that, I signed 16 of them at the Orland Park Barnes & Noble last night. (laughs) So feel free to go in there and try to pick up one of those. All
0: that out Did of you the way. clear that with staff before
1: you did that? Of by course, the way. yes,
0: I did. I said that. Uh, th- that would have been really freaking <laughs> funny if they like came over, like, "What do you think you're doing, sir?" Yeah, uh, I
1: wrote this book. Yeah, this is me writing this. Yeah, so I actually <laughs> said I took the book to you know Barnes and Noble. They have like the little uh, customer service kiosk on the second floor there or wherever, and I said, "Hey, uh, I wrote this book. Would you like me to sign them?" She's like, "That would be great. Yeah, sure. Let me go find some." So she brought a bunch from the back, and I was able to sign them. So. It was my first time seeing my book in the wild, you know, like actually at a store that I didn't have some sort of connection with because it's been at bookies forever. Um, But Keith, who owns bookies, is my friend, so it didn't feel quite real. Like, I felt like he was obligated to carry my book. This is the first time I saw it somewhere where they're not forced to have it. And it was very nicely placed on, like, an end cap. So I felt very good about that. Yeah, it was cool. Right there next to David Wright's book. I was going to say, what's the the the
0: the theme of the end cap? Sports. Oh, I wasn't sure if it was like ginger authors.
1: No, it's a very small section. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you're looking for a copy of my book, madhousepod.com slash book, or just get it wherever books are sold. But I do uh, encourage you to support local independent booksellers uh, in your neighborhood if you can. Uh, one more thing. We've got our merchandise shop with some new stuff getting in there, including some uh, winter caps and beanies and stuff like that. Madhouse pod merch follow dot uh, com madhousepodmerch.com powered by our friends at Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. With all that out of the way, the Hawks win 2-0 over the Columbus Blue Jackets. I guess you'd say sweeping the series in Columbus. And, uh, man, they're doing it without Dylan Strome. They're doing it without uh, Nicholas Bodan. And uh, every night it seems like a different guy is contributing but one guy who's contributing every damn night and the Hart Trophy consideration has begun, Patrick Friggin Kane continues to put forth an MVP season. It's absolutely incredible what 88's is doing.
0: So what's kind of wild to me is I know we've discussed on the podcast the possibility that the Blackhawks were starting to maybe regress a little bit, right? The power play wasn't scoring as much as it had been. Kevin Lankinen hasn't been playing as well as he was early in the season. And yet you look at the schedule, the Blackhawks have won five of their last six and eight of their last ten games. That reg- if that's regression, I will freaking take that every single time. And obviously, like you alluded to, the big impetus kind of behind that push lately has been the incredible play of Patrick Kane, who scored his 399th goal in the NHL tonight. He's approaching 1,000 career games. Unfortunately, that's probably going to come on the road next month, assuming, obviously, he stays healthy and playing but just he's approaching these ridiculous milestones in his career and yet is showing just absolutely no signs of slowing down. And of course, we can give some of the credit for that to his partnership with Alex DeBrinkett. Those two have looked absolutely fantastic together the last couple of weeks. Both they were the top two uh, possession guys on the team tonight. I mean, they're just there isn't enough you can say in a season that Connor McDavid and uh Austin Matthews are just completely dominating the I believe it's the Scotiabank Bank North Division if we're going to get into uh the you know the sponsorship stuff I think that's who it is um I have to say outside of those two guys <laughs> Man Patrick Kane has been awesome and he definitely is uh kind of wedging himself firmly into this conversation and I think that he has a very strong case especially if the Blackhawks do somehow end up making the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I, I was you know I've been finding myself uh because we're so pleasantly surprised by this season just thinking about the Hawks in my downtime. I've had a lot of windshield time lately and just find myself daydreaming and how nice it is. It's pretty rare you know, when you think about the Bears and 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 where they're at, like trying to find a quarterback and just trying to be consistent, whatever, we have been blessed with a generation of Hawks players that you can take for granted, like Jonathan Taves when he's playing, and Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith, where you're just sort of like, those guys are there, they're going to do what they do, and you can count on it, it's like the sun rising and falling every day. You know that if those guys are on the ice, you're going to be better off. It's such a cool thing, and I think sometimes when you have that, you lose sight of how great these players are, right? Because you you sort of get used to it. You get used to the greatness night after night after night, and I wonder if we fall into that a little bit with Patrick Kane. But now that we see him doing it with, I mean, what in many of our minds would say is no help, right? Like, he's got Mm -hmm. to bring it, but... There's no real number one center on this team right now. Hell, there's probably not a real number two center on this team right now.
0: How dare you besmirch the name of be a suitor like that? <laughs>
1: right. Well, you're, you're sort of making my point for me. So, uh, you know, just we, we've got to appreciate what we have here in Patrick Kane. And, and I mentioned the Bears, like hopefully someday they'll find a quarterback that they can just take for granted and be like uh, Char- charlie
0: Rameliotis otis from nbc sports chicago who had a great conversation with today on uh, twitter we were testing out some new twitter features for the nbc sports chicago crew we had a good time uh talking about that he wrote a really good piece uh this week kind of laying out why patrick kane should be in the heart conversation and I, obviously these numbers are all prior to tonight's game but he Lists all of these categories that Patrick Kane is in the top two, three, four in in the NHL right now. Primary assists, passes for one-timers per game, slot pass completions, uh, zone exits, offensive zone possession time, like all of these kind of advanced metrics that show just how dominant that Patrick Kane has been this season. And then the one that really caught my eye was prior to tonight, Patrick Kane had a point per game average of 1.5 so far this season. And if he was able to keep that up, no big deal, just to be the highest of his entire career. And this is a guy who's won the Hart Trophy before, has just been a dominant scorer throughout his career and is approaching his 1,000th game, still could theoretically set a career high in that category. Just unbelievable production out of Patrick Kane this season. He has
1: been absolutely awesome. And I just wanted to make sure that we took some time to really point it out. And I think you just did a great job at that. Um, Another thing that... We've sort of been able to take for granted this season, which is something we didn't think we'd be able to do is goaltending. All of a sudden, (laughs) the Hawks have like kind of a deep goaltending situation, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Uh, Obviously, Kevin lankinen has been really good and has taken that job by the reins. But Malcolm Subban with the shutout, 26 saves against Columbus tonight. Over his last three starts, he's allowed three goals Uh, over his last four starts, six goals. That is a 9.52 save percentage for Malcolm Subban. So you take Jay, away, is that good? It is good. So if you take away that five goal performance against Tampa, which you can't do, but you know if you look at everything since then, he has also been phenomenal. So his worst performance is a 0. .923 save percentage against Nashville, where he faced 39 shots and gave up three goals. I mean, that's he's been awesome and i still there's those moments where i'm like he didn't see that puck there were two in the f- first two columbus shots of the game one uh he saved one just hit him and one hit the post and i like Subban didn't see either of those pucks mm-hmm. but then the rest of the game he was on point made two or three incredible highlight reel saves And what will you say about you don't see Corey Crawford making those because he's always in position. Subban is not always in position, but he's got the ability to pop up and make those acrobatic saves post to post. If nothing else, he's been entertaining as hell. But man, look, the, the Blackhawks goaltending tandem has been really, really good this year. And just another huge question mark that we were all sort of dreading going into this year has become a positive.
0: Yeah, and it's it's obviously been kind of interesting to kind of see the evolution of Subban a little bit this year, and I know that you and I have spoken extensively about the fact that we feel like he would be a better goaltender if his positioning was just a little bit better, if his rebound control especially was a little bit better. I didn't realize this until somebody had pointed it out tonight. I do think it once again was Charlie Romeliotis, you know, since he's apparently like the genius right now. He's coming up with all the great stuff. According to Sport IQ, the Blackhawks are one of the worst teams in the league in terms of yielding rebounds on shots. And obviously, you know, Subban has played a really big role in that. But I felt like tonight he was doing a better job of at least getting into a position where those rebounds were kind of kicking out to low traffic areas. There were still a few that didn't. I think it was in the second period you had the shot on goal that went just wide when uh, Subban lost his uh, stick. I think fe- that shot probably should have gone in for the Blue Jackets. So he kind of dodged a little bit of a bullet there. But I think overall, we have seen some progress from Subban, and I'm very curious to see whether or not he's going to be able to continue that progress if the Blackhawks are going to stick with Lankinen more of, a, of, of being their starter on a night in, night out basis, or if they're going to try to get Subban a little bit more time to see if they can kind of continue that development, at least from that perspective of controlling his rebounds and improving his uh, positioning.
1: Yeah, those are the those are the keys, and uh, those will come with time. You know, I think just with with getting starts and those things uh, under his belt and under the tandems belt, uh, those things will improve. I, you know, you can't blame defensemen for rebounds, but I think you can for what happens with the rebounds, right? Right. And we've seen, especially lately, uh, Calvin Dehan in front of the net a few times, not not taking a body. Uh, you've seen it with Zadorov, oddly enough, now and again. Whether there just has not been that, like, physical net front presence. The Hawks really haven't had that for a long time. But look, now you've got these sort of bigger defensemen pushing people around. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> if someone's standing on top of your goalie, get them out of there. Or, you know, I I don't know. I, I There's there's things that are still, like, this is far from a perfect hockey team. And I know we're sort of basking in the glow of, of how th- things have gone over the last two games. And I'm, I really like the fact that they've bounced back after a tough little stretch um, you know, against the, the game against Carolina and then the two games they won but look kind of like crap in against Detroit to bounce back and take these four points from Columbus is huge, and I think that says a lot for the character of the team, And but there are still some issues, and uh, it's a far-from-perfect team, and Columbus is no great shakes either. Um, it's just, you know, I, I, I wanted to bring this up too while we're on it. Seeing some post-game comments roll in, Uh, once again Patrick Kane uh, praising the system praising the team's commitment to the system uh, believing in our game plan is a quote sticking to the structure is a quote these are endorsements of Jeremy Cowlton and I know that I think Hawks fans are going to be the the slowest thing they come around to will be person they come around to will be Jeremy Cowlton but at some point we've got to start giving him some credit And, and even though we don't love the defensive system, he's getting way more results than anyone thought he would, and we've got to give him credit for that.
0: I'm starting to hear some Jack Adams whispers about him too. Which, who, who in the world would have thought we'd be having that conversation? By the way, not my top guy right now. I wanna do you think you can guess who my top guy is right now?
1: Claude Julian.
0: <laughs> Zing! Shut up, Mister. I'm gonna win a poor boy because the freaking Canadians have decided to completely mess up the bed. My Malcolm the...
1: Subban bet's looking pretty good too, pal.
0: Yeah, no, right? What the heck? Like every the world is just kind of caving in on my head right now. This is ridiculous. I don't even know how to approach this. But for real though, who do you think my top uh Jack Adams candidate is right now?
1: <sighs> Let me think. 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 I'm looking at the standings, trying to think of a dark horse.
0: Don't about, overthink it. How about
1: Sheldon Keefe?
0: Not a, not, coach. A, not a bad one. Obviously, the Leafs are an incredibly good freaking hockey team, but I tend to go for the coaches that I think the same that most voters do, the coaches that kind of have their team overachieving and kind of defying expectations. That's generally who I go with. Okay. Uh, how about Dean Evison in Minnesota? <laughs> so how about the freaking Minnesota Wild? Like, they, they're they so close to the top of that division. What a... Like, I think that division, what, is, like, the top uh, six teams are separated by four points right now or something like that? The freaking West is insane right now. I don't... I have no clue how to, like, really, like, kind of calculate that. I think the Kings have won six games in a row or something like that. That division's just wild. But no, also not him. Right, Good, is- uh... It is Joel Quenville of the Florida Panthers is who it is. Never heard of him, huh? <laughs> the Florida Panthers, who are six one and one away from home this season, the Florida Panthers, who are currently on top of the Central. Divi- Sorry, Discover Card Central Division. Oh
1: wait, update: the, the Blackhawks are no longer in first place points wise. <laughs> they're they're, <laughs> not, they're now in third. Look what's happened since we started the podcast. Well, there you go. And I, and I
0: and again, this is not to knock the candidacy of anybody. That includes Cassidy. That includes Keith. That includes a lot of different guys. But the job that Joel Quenville has been doing with the Florida Panthers this season, I have been extremely impressed for a team that probably was kind of slotted in to that five to six range at best. And he's got them playing some really good hockey. And they've looked really good against a lot of different teams. That's going to be a really tough opponent that the Blackhawks, I believe, have to, I want to say face four times in the month of March. It's going to be rough.
1: And the Lightning are coming up a bunch lately, too.
0: Um, oh, yeah, that's three games in a row at the United Center starting uh, next Thursday.
1: Well, fortunately, they've got the Red Wings again this weekend.
0: So you get the nice little uh, <laughs> taste of that before you have to play the three against Tampa. And then all you have to do is go on the road and play Dallas, Florida and Tampa. Good luck, guys. Should be great. March is going to be interesting.
1: Could you refresh my memory when they name the Jack Adams winner? Do they give the order of the like of the results like he finished second for the Jack Adams. Do we do we know that? Is that something Could you imagine if Jeremy Calton wins the Jack Adams and Joel Quinville finishes second? Could you I, That imagine? would be so
0: freaking wild. <laughs> oh
1: my god. That, I'll buy you a poor boy if that happens. Can I can I uh by the
0: way, can I throw something out there? Yes. I actually don't remember who votes for the Jack Adams. Is it broadcasters? I don't know.
1: I don't have a vote so I don't care. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe you wouldn't have a vote from that. It is the Professional Hockey Writers Association. I did
1: check by all right. the way. I I can't see Cowan winning it. I just
0: can't. And they do and they they do uh go through all of the vote totals. So, oh, that would be so
1: amazing. It would just be the funniest thing ever.
0: If Colleton and Quenville finished 1-2. Yes. Don't get ahead of yourself, man. Let's, <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. Just be very careful here. The Blackhawks have oh, look, a long way to it go. Is,
1: it is very fragile, but they're 8-2 and two over their last 10. That's very good. Um, During the supposed regression, I will say. Yeah, like, they
0: if, keep defying expectations. That's it, all I'm going to say. But
1: if they make the playoffs, Cowan's in the conversation. No, oh, it has had, to be.
0: And, Kane, and Kane's in the heart conversation easily. Yeah.
1: Oh, boy. You know what's the MVP of my heart, James?
0: I can think of at least six or seven things, so please enlighten me.
1: Fry the Coop. Oaklawn, Elmhurst, Westtown, Prospect Heights, and coming so soon to Tinley Park. They're actually, if you're looking for a job, the Fry the Coop uh, location Tinley is hiring. Go to their Facebook page, Fry the Coop's Facebook page, and look it up. If you're looking for some work, and I know there's a lot of people out of work right now, Fry the Coop and Tinley Park is hiring, which means they're close to opening, and I can't wait. Not only can you eat the hot chicken, you can make it too <laughs> if you work oh, at Fry man. the Coop. Go to FryTheCoop.com, check out their menu, and be ready to be amazed. Everyone who's tried Fry the Coop has loved it. The Nashville hot chicken, and when I say hot, I mean hot. They're not going to call it hot, and you're going to be like, what? <laughs> what is this? You you will you'll know you'll, you'll know. Will know you'll like. I'm telling you, I am a con- I like hot food a lot. I can't call myself a connoisseur anymore because I am now on uh, acid reflux medication because that's how old I am. But when I was younger, I earned that damn medication by eating hot food all the time. And the hot at Fry the Coop is about as hot as I can go. And there's two levels above that. If heat's not your thing, no problem. Get the mild, get the country style, and you're good to go. Whatever your taste is, they will satisfy it at Fry the Coop. Go to FrytheCoop.com. Place that order online. Pick it up from there. Very safe, very uh, easy to access. Pick up windows. You're in, you're out, you're home, and the food is fresh and ready to go frythecoop.com come get your happiness at fry the coop all right I need some of that in my life right about now I know I'm so ready I'm holding out I, ha- I got a gift card for my birthday and I'm holding out until uh until Tinley opens i am gonna be like the first guy in line here's something we've not mentioned since we started this podcast Adam you Boelquist. mean like in general or like no you at know, all. just this week no Adam Boquist Oh, yeah. Who has returned to the Blackhawks after a bout of COVID and uh, his comeback. And I think tonight was probably his least noticeable game back. But in the first couple, I was seeing a lot of aggressive offensive play from him. Pinching in, putting the puck on net from the point. I really liked what I saw from Boquist. And while he was towards the bottom in possession tonight, the last game against Columbus, he was near the top like 70 something Mm -hmm. percent. In possession. So I wasn't sure what to expect from Boak was coming back because you've seen Bodan step in and look good and Carlson's look good. But Bokus gets reinserted right away and has, I think he's looked better since coming back from COVID than he did the entire season leading up to his uh, departure.
0: Not a great penalty from him tonight, obviously. I think that uh, getting him back on the power play has been really important. I know that Jeremy Colleton's really trying to kind of get a spark going with that group. Obviously, they haven't been quite as effective as they were earlier in the season. But I do find it very interesting when you mentioned about how aggressive Adam Boquist has been lately. And that is something that has definitely been noticeable. Usually with Boquist, what it seems like to me, and please correct me, Jay, if I'm wrong... Usually the way we kind of approach Adam Boquist is if we're noticing him, that's generally a bad thing because we're generally noticing kind of the mistakes that he makes on the defensive side of things. I will agree with you that we have been noticing a lot more positive things from him, especially on offense. And I've loved the way he's been very aggressive at the point of attack when guys are starting to come into the zone. I have noticed that Boquist is willing to kind of step up and kind of diffuse some of those uh, rushes up the ice that's been nice. He hasn't really gotten burned on any of those. He probably will if he keeps playing that aggressively, but he does give the Blackhawks something that they kind of do lack on the back end of things. And that is kind of a speedy option who can get the puck up the ice with some good stretch passes. I know that other guys have kind of had their moments with that. I know that's definitely Boquist's game. And I definitely think that if he can find his form on the power play, and kind of work effectively in that quarterbacking role. I don't see him coming back out of the lineup, and it is kind of a bummer for Nicholas Bodin, but if Boquist is going to play well, you do just have to keep him in there.
1: Yeah, and it is tough for, for Bodin, who's really not done anything wrong. Definitely uh, not. I just I want to remind people that we're looking at these guys through different lenses. You're, like, if you were to swap jerseys with Bodin and Boquist, you'd probably be a little happier with Boquist's game. And a little less satisfied with Bodan's because there's higher expectations on Boquist than there are on Bodan, at least coming into this year. So it feels like everything you're getting from Bodan is gravy while every mistake Boquist makes is a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, right now, Boquist is a better defenseman than Bodan. And you're right. By by offering that that element that they lack offensively, um, that, that definitely gives them something that they they don't have and I, I really do like the way he's played but even defensively there was a uh, sequence in the game uh the other night against Columbus where I th- it was either him and lining or him and Felino went into a corner and Bocas came out like winning that corner battle so those little things too where okay yeah the offense has always kind of been there but the defense has to catch up and it will I I think I hope um and, and there were a few pretty decent defensive moments in that game as well and you mentioned not noticing him and how that's a good thing. Eventually, when he hits his peak, if he hits his peak, we are going to be noticing him for the offense. That's the part of his game that's going to come probably consistently last. Um, you see the tools of the offense, right? Like the speed and the stick handling, all those things. But the consistency, learning when to pinch and when not to, when that's sort of the last step to come. And when he gets to that realization of, Here's when he really learns how to play the position correctly. That's when we're going to notice him in a positive way. So, uh, so far, so good through three games back for Adam Boakless. Because I'm telling you, man, you know this. After the first few games, he was a huge concern for me. Because it looked like he had taken another step backwards. For
0: sure. And that, and it was definitely uh, kind of a bummer when he went on the COVID list. I know you and I had talked about it kind of maybe impacting his development. But it was not quite obviously to the same level because Alex Dabrinkit came back and was burning down the nets and was just on the score sheet constantly. But it definitely seemed like Boquist was kind of the same thing as Dabrinkit was. And once he came back from that COVID list, you could tell that he had kind of stepped up his game a little bit. And you kind of noticed some of the things the Blackhawks were missing without him in the mix. And I I thought it was interesting a little bit earlier, you were comparing the expectations for Boquist and Bodan. And obviously, how we would kind of look at them differently if they swap jerseys I do I have to ask you this question because we do I think need to talk about the young defenseman on this team who have you been more impressed by this season is it Adam boquist or is it Ian Mitchell
1: <sighs> impressed is a is an interesting way to ask I think I would say I've been more impressed with Mitchell his ability to step in and be someone you can ro- rely on right away. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't know if it was going to be that way. And I know that was kind of the expectation, you know, Bowman and to a lesser extent, Cowton sort of had talked about Mitchell that way as that he feels like sort of a plug plug and play guy. And of course there've been moments where Mitchell has made a bad decision or a bad turnover or just, you know uh, the game has sort of caught him off guard or inexperienced, but as a whole, He's got that. Like when I see him on the ice, there is no panic in me, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if there was ever gonna. I didn't think that I would that that would happen with him this early. I knew there would be glimpses of greatness down the road. Greatness, it might be overstating <laughs> it, but uh, you know, glimpses of his potential down, You know, early on, but I think he's been way more consistent than I expected him to be. So, if, if the word is impressed. It's going to be Mitchell on that one.
0: I think that impressed ends up being the right word to kind of use to compare the two just because of the fact that impressed basically is how you judge him based on the expectations that you had from, for him going into the season, I think, right? Yeah. Obviously, we have high expectations for Adam Boquist eventually during his NHL career, but we didn't really know what to necessarily expect from him this season specifically. I think that we kind of had our preset ideas of how these guys were going to play, and the reason I used the word impressed was because I wanted to know, has he kind of exceeded your expectations? Has he met them? Has he fallen short of them? And I think I ultimately fall in your your camp on this just because I do think that there have been less of those kind of head scratching moments with Ian Mitchell, but I'm still seeing plenty of flashes of the guy that Adam Boquist could potentially be. And I'm very curious to know when that's eventually going to kind of catch up and when he's eventually going to show those on a more consistent basis. And it feels like his ceiling is still really high. It's just a question of whether or not he's ever quite going to be able to get there. And I know right now we're kind of starting to learn the answer to that question, but there's still a long way to go.
1: Yeah. I just, I'm very, just the way that Boquist has bounced back from something that could very easily have stunted his growth a little bit, has been encouraging. And a little step back today, but I think today's game was just weird. It's a ton of icings and, and just no pace to it at all. And when you're a player like Boquist, where pace is sort of your game, games like that are going to slow him down, and, and they're not going to serve him well. So uh, two out of three really, really solid uh, performances from Boquist, But Mitchell, too, he's just been good and reliable and steady. And it's, it's tough to say that about rookie defensemen. And I look, when we look at all the sort of things that have come together to make this team competitive, um, a lot of those question marks have been answered positively. And that's a big part of their success. And that's what I want to get into with you a little bit next segment. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Mariska's and Crest Hill. 604 Theater Street, They're family-owned and operated since 1933. Go visit the Zdravich family out there in Crestwood. Get yourself the at Crest Hill... Sorry, not Crestwood, in Crest Hill. <laughs> Go get yourself the poor boy, the steaks, the chops, the seafood, that Icelandic cod in Lent. Oh, that is money, my friends. Go visit him. Go to marishkas.com or facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M E R I C H K A S. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. That is Marishkas in Crest Hill. We'll be right back with more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Welcome back in friends. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is still James Neveau and his name is still Jay Zawoski. We've been talking about the Chicago Blackhawks who have won eight of their last 10 games still hanging around the top of the Discover Card Central Division standings. We still have a few more topics to hit on here in the second segment and I thought Jay would be kind of fun to do a couple. A couple of little quick hits on some players who have kind of stood out in a good way for the Blackhawks the last few games. And then you brought up a great point during our break that we were just having our little uh, production meeting. We're going to get into a really good topic after this. So... I wanted to bring up Connor Murphy, who was in his second game back after a stint on injured reserve. I thought that he had an absolutely phenomenal game tonight. He was near the top of the board for the Blackhawks in terms of possession, had four shots on goal, played almost 24 minutes. This team is better with Connor Murphy on the ice for them. And you saw that, I think, in a big way tonight. And I was really impressed with the way he has come back from IR.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it. And I think he played like close to 25 minutes the other night against Columbus too. And my fear was, you know, he's coming back from a hip injury. Is he going to be ready to put up big minutes? Well, Aston answered. He's bounced back really well. And he's another guy who this year has been a lot more aggressive offensively, taking a lot Mm -hmm. more shots. You mentioned it, four shots on goal. He also had three more shot attempts that didn't uh, get on net. So seven shot attempts for Connor Murphy. That's not something, that's like a week for him. (laughs) Typical (laughs) year, you know? So to see him get, and that's with only 22 seconds on the power play tonight. uh, Yeah, and you're seeing him pinch in. You're seeing him get close to the net on offense sometimes. I really like how his game is rounded out. Uh, and he's, you know, now you sort of see maybe what Stan Bowman saw when he traded Nicholas Jalmerson for him. And I know that makes a lot of Hawks fans upset because Jalmerson's beloved and one of my favorite Hawks of the cup era for sure. But Murphy's been aside from that first year here, really, really solid when he's been healthy. And that's the thing is a guy who's got chronic back issues now has a hip issue. Um, you know, is this a guy who you can count on to be here for the next few years and be on the ice? That's the question, and that that to me is the big thing with Connor Murphy. If he plays like this every night, keep him around. You know, you can't have an, an, a team of just youth, right? Someone's right. got to be that next generation of veteran leader. And I'm thrilled if it's Connor Murphy, assuming his health rounds out, his back stays at least as good as it is right now. But when is that the case, right? So that's sort of the. <laughs>
0: I, I would, would like to point out most of his shifts tonight were with Nikita Zadorov, so would not imagine that pairing is getting broken up in the next game for sure. The other game, the other guy I did want to bring up is Carl uh, Soderberg, who has now goals in three consecutive games, and I know that he's a guy that we had spoken a lot about this season. Jay kind of like evaluating what exactly he was going to offer to the Blackhawks when he came over in the free agency. Mm-hmm. In his last six games, has four goals and three assists. So I think Soderbergh, you can definitely make an argument he is finding his form with the Blackhawks and Colleton is using him in a lot of different roles that I think that we kind of envisioned him kind of fitting into, like kind of just stick him into a position and let him thrive there, kind of like be the veteran guy that you can kind of trust all over the place. I have liked what I have seen from Carl Soderberg as of late.
1: Well, and that's exactly what he was, you know. That's what he's brought in to do was to s- s- provide that veteran leadership a little bit of scoring depth. And now that he's found his way in the system and gotten his way, I mean, look, it was tough like with the visa issues, not being here, not able to practice, having to just sort of start his season midseason. That's tough on anybody. So um, I've been really happy with what we've seen from Soderbergh uh, in the last little bit here. I still think he is a brilliant trade piece at the deadline for some team looking to load up down the middle for a playoff run if it's not if, if the Blackhawks are not that team, if they fall out of it, which is crazy to even think, because we've just been assuming, like, and then they'll sell at the deadline because they will suck. Well, that's not necessarily the case, is it? Um, so They're kind of in the same boat as the Chicago Bulls are right
0: now, where I don't think selling at the deadline is barring a catastrophic uh, collapse for the Blackhawks. I'm not sure that selling is going to be the right way to go.
1: I don't know. It's interesting, and, I, and you have to, you know, Jonathan Taves plays a role in this, too, right? If they feel like, well, maybe Taves is ready to play, then you can consider moving Soderbergh out because you don't want to sit, you know, Kurashev. You don't want to sit Suter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's going to be something to keep an eye on. One guy I do want to mention, and we're, we're learning uh, with um, Dominic Kubalik, is that he is an incredibly streaky hockey player. Like, there are games where you're like, this guy will never be stopped. He's going to score 50 goals someday, and he is dynamic. He's the next whatever, and then there's like weeks where you're like, is he still on the team? <laughs> Today was one of those games. He had two shot attempts, uh, only 12.50 of ice time uh only 46 seconds. They, you know they didn't have a lot of power I think they have one power play today. that's his
0: uh lowest ice time of the season by the way
1: yeah and uh near a team low the team low was ryan carpenter no i'm sorry walmart played 913 that's another guy is he on the team walmart i thought it's not that. but he
0: you want to talk about guys who we have obviously talked about guys who went on the COVID list and came back better i'm not sure we can say that about walmart
1: yet. no and he was the guy remember they brought him in it was like that's a sneaky move he's a really good player
0: he really had not. a good start, and then probably right. stopped.
1: Yeah, I just, I just haven't seen. And look, COVID's going to derail anybody. And I don't, did they ever say did he have it? I believe
0: he. I think he and Boquist both had
1: it. Okay, well, I guess you can excuse a slow comeback there, but um, yeah, he just hasn't shown much. But you know, the Kubelik thing, I think we're finding out streaky. <laughs> There's going to be those those weeks where he's on fire, and those weeks where he's invisible. Uh, and hopefully the the on fire weeks happen more often than I mean the just lo-
0: literally weeks. look at his last five games against Detroit, two goals. The next game against Detroit, one shot on goal. The next game against Carolina had two shots on goal. The first game against Columbus, a goal and an assist and six shots. Then tonight, one shot. Like, good lord, man, get get some consistency in your game, my friend.
1: Well, the ice time limitations don't help, and he does make his hand the power play. And when they only get one power play, that's going to cut into that sort of thing, obviously. But, yeah, I, I just want to see him. I want to notice him more, right? I want to see him making more things happen. I want to see him generating offense, not just being the beneficiary of a really nice setup or whatever. And I think it will come, and we saw it. He did it in the playoffs, right? He did it against the Oilers. He was really, really good and super effective and turning heads around the league. And I think still relatively young player in terms of NHL play, there's room for growth, but I've just noticed that he hasn't been as visible as I would like to see him be over the last little bit, nothing to panic about. I'm not giving up on Google leak by any means, but just something to keep an eye on. All right. Before we get to our final little conversation of the day, want to tell you about our friends at Dr. Squatch natural soap company, by the way, thank you to the Madhouse podcast listeners for really jumping on and embracing Dr Squatch we've been really pleased with our partnership they've been really pleased with our partnership which means you guys are joining Squatch Nation and staying a part of Squatch Nation which you should because it's an awesome company uh, I am an evangelist for Dr Squatch I love it everything in my shower everything in my bathroom is Dr Squatch and it will be that way. Until I die or they go out of business, whatever happens first. (laughs) I freaking love them, and uh, I'm going on vacation this weekend, and I'm getting my Squatch ready to pack up uh, because I'm not showering with anything else. I refuse. Uh, So I thought you were just saying you're not showering. Period. That was going to be really weird. Maybe that too. Uh, But go to DrSquatch.com. Check out their products: the bar soaps, the deodorant is wonderful. I love the deodorant, the toothpaste, the hair care kit, the shampoo, the conditioner. They've got beard oil. They've got candles. Anything that's going to make you smell good and feel good, you can get it at DrSquatch.com. Peruse the site when you're ready to check out. Use that promo code MadHouse20. You're going to save 20% on your order while helping the podcast at the same time. And you guys have really, really helped us. Uh, 2020 was a good year for us in that regard. 2021, uh, very much the same. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. DrSquatch.com, promo code MadHouse20. Okay, James, the last thing I wanted to get to here. The Hawks are undeniably better than everyone thought they were going to be. I don't care (laughs) who is going to come out of the woodwork and say, I I thought the Hawks were going to be asleep. No, no, you didn't. Shut up. (laughs) There might be one guy. And I don't know if I believe this either, but one guy could say, I told you so. Stan Bowman. Oh, boy. Now, I know (laughs) I just heard every. What was that? All of Madhouse Podcast Nation groaning at once. I'm with you, but James, I'm asking you: What is the percentage chance that Bowman was like Kurashev's ready, Hegel is ready, Bodan is ready, Carlson's ready, uh, Suter is ready? So I'm bringing these guys out. And we're going to surprise. We're going to shock the world. What is the percentage chance that Stan Bowman truly believed that that would be the case?
0: I'm gonna say zero uh, percent but I will also <laughs> say that we we need to pump the brakes super chief we're still not halfway through the season
1: I know I'm not gonna
0: start I am not going to start kissing Stan Bowman's ring yet I am not going to take that step I'm willing to say that the players that they especially the players that they have signed from Europe Stan Bowman's team has routinely kicked ass and taken names at that and they continue to to do so, so kudos to him for that. All I will give him those plaudits, I will throw those roses at his feet, I will do everything. I still want to see the development of the defenseman for the remainder of the season, and I also want to see how Kevin Lankanen is going to react to this little bit of uh, adversity that he's sort of been facing. I want to see if Malcolm Subban continues to develop these guys that he invested in these guys that he kept around, especially in the case of a guy like a Subban in the case of a guy like a Dylan Strom that you kept around. I want to see how those guys continue to thrive and develop before I'm going to start giving a Stan Bowman, you know, this big, you know, laudatory speech or anything like that. I will say that, like I said, he deserves a lot of credit for the European signings. Always has always will. That's always been the thing that he's been strongest at I'm just going to ask you to pump the brakes just a little bit, buddy. Just hit that hit that brake pedal a little bit. Let's slow down this bandwagon just very slightly.
1: You hit it right on the button there. I did not say. Play back the tape. I did not say that he is right or that you he are believes. throwing him a
0: parade no, is what you're doing.
1: I, am not. I asked you what percentage you thought he actually believed that all these guys are going to be right. I, I don't believe I, Okay, if you
0: if you want to hold my feet to that fire and make me come up with a percentage, I would say. That Bowman. You're right. It's
1: zero. There's no way in hell even Stan Boma was like, all these guys are ready. Screw you. Double birds to the hockey universe. I'm going out there with this I, team. And I work. do
0: legitimately think that he thought there was at least a chance that some of these guys would come in and make an impact immediately. Sure. If you, ba- if you the, base the, it on the way that he talked about some guys like Ian Mitchell
1: and things like but that. But yeah, but you're, I mean, sure. Okay, fine. Mitchell, okay, fine. Right, top prospect. Boquist, maybe. Suter, right. more than likely, I think he was confident. Yeah, because you were going with a formula, right, that was proven last year with Kubelik. But the Kurashevs, the Bodans. Nope, nope. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> there's, the Lankin yeah, nope. even Subban, there's no way he was like, I told you it's not in his personality to do that. Yo, anyway.
0: let's bring him on the podcast and let's ask him.
1: Let's be like, hey, Stan, you want to come on the podcast and brag for twenty minutes? Do you want to dunk on us while you can? And then if if and when things just fall repeatedly
0: apart? like hit us with like the uh, Triple H like suck it motion, yeah, is
1: that? What is? I I could very much. That seems to me very much in Stan's personality. My favorite thing is there's the GIF of. It's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio from Wolf Wall Street like doing that like serpentine dance, yep. and someone puts Stan Bowman's face and I'm like, that doesn't work. He would never do that. He's the guy. He's me at a wedding. He's like just standing in the corner while everyone's having fun. Everyone's drunk. He's like, I'm just here. I'm just watching everything. I'm observing. Everyone else have fun. Fun is not my vocabulary. I'm Stan Bowman, but I told you so. I'm going to rest my nuts on your forehead with this dunk. Like, (laughs) didn't we give him a chance to brag about something on the
0: podcast and he opted not to? Yeah, what was that? I'm trying to remember what it was. We were like, hey, Stan, you want to take a victory lap on this? And he was like, nah. What the hell was it? Great. We don't even remember our own show anymore. Oh, my God. What could that have been? I'm upset. Why do I not remember? Someone will remember. Someone will email us. Please email us and whoever emails us the correct answer. I don't know. Jay, do you have anything fun you can send them? Do you have any like hockey cards or anything laying around? I'll find something.
1: I'll <laughs> we'll you. give you stuff <laughs>
0: if you tell us what our idiot selves listen to Stan Bowman say and then promptly forgot about it.
1: Oh, my it. God. What the hell was that? I'm trying to like look at the roster. Look at. Oh, oh it was Doc. It had to have been, right? Yes. Like That has to be it. That's what it was. It was taking Kirby Doc third. When everyone wanted him to take Bowen Byram.
0: There it is. Yep. When we asked him to take a victory lap and he graciously did not do it.
1: Everyone wanted him to take Bowen Byram, except for who was the one guy that wanted Kirby Doc? Stan Bowman. And me. You hit it right on the button there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nope. Did, let it never be forgotten. I was on the Byram bandwagon, but I too
1: did like Kirby Doc. You so. did. That was, I remember the day we found out the Hawks were picking third You were like, my guy is Kirby Doc. Yep. Look at you.
0: I I know stuff, and I still, to this day, I still hold it in my heart that Evan Barrett will be a contributing NHL player and that he's going to be
1: solid. Just saying. You know how you know that? Because he has a good sports name. Evan Barrett is a phenomenal name. Yeah, there's no way he's going to be bad at sports. That's an awesome sports name. That's like a guy named Gunner has to be good at, like, whatever he does. (laughs) Yeah, but see, Gunners are only good until college. Like, once they're out of college, they suck. That's not a a pro name.
0: They, like, get, like, a beer gut, and they just are never the same again. Yeah,
1: no, like, Todd Marinovich. Like, my dad never let me (laughs) eat a burger because I was going to be the next great quarterback. Well, screw my dad, man. Maybe that's a Todd thing, too. (laughs) Maybe. Well, what about Todd Collins? Okay, never mind. Uh, Wow, we're going places. (laughs) Todd Zeal? Anyone? Anyone? Uh, We should stop. All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We always appreciate your great support. Make sure you check out our sponsors. You helping our sponsors is a great way to help us. Uh, There's lots of ways to help us. Subscribe, rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again. Those are all sort of the fancy tricks uh, that we have to help podcasts. By the way, Next time you hear us, we're going to be part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're very excited about joining them. The show will sound vaguely the same, maybe a little bit of difference here and there, but the same content just coming to us from a stronger provider. So onward and upward for the Madhouse Podcast, and we couldn't do that without your support. So we thank you very, very much. We'll talk to you soon on the Madhouse Chicago hockey podcast
0: the madhouse chicago hockey podcast was brought to you by triple threat sports Marischka's and crest hill dr squatch and by fry the coop